All right, everybody. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome, Welcome back to the, to the Real Boy Podcast. Um, I want to thank everybody for coming back. If you're listening, you're back with us. And um, there was a tremendously warm response to the warm-up. That was episode one, the inaugural episode of the Real Boy Podcast. Mm-hmm. And, and I just, if you made it back here and you like what you heard, um, on episode one, go ahead and follow us on Instagram right now mm-hmm. at the Real Boy Podcast. Um, l- like and subscribe to the the uh, the podcast on Spotify. Yeah. Go ahead and follow the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Or share also with your friends. Yes, mm-hmm. share with your friends. Share with your friends. Let every let all your people know um, that this is what we're doing over here. Uh, this is the work we're doing over here at the Real Boy Podcast. Um, also, we're on Anchor for those of us who use Anchor as well. Um, we've been getting some really good feedback on Anchor as well. So I really appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I'm most grateful for the acceptance of the space that we're trying to hold um, as we do whatever we need to do to aid and first and foremost in the liberation of the experiences of black men um, to make sure that everyone is, 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 is seen. Mm-hmm. Everyone is, is heard. Um, everyone feels represented. And, you know, that's even thinking about that undertaking is, is very, very uh, daunting, but, mm-hmm. but we can get it done because it takes a lot of, um, <clears throat> I think it takes a lot of, uh, we can aid in the <laughs> right, 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 right. Because right. it's not because it's not our responsibility, right? It's not our responsibility. We can aid in, but we can aid in it, right? And I think it's daunting because, um, in order to do that, um, we got to cross into to spaces that are not often crossed into, um, regarding black men and 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 often even talking about some shit we don't want to talk about, <laughs> and even talking about some 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 things that we don't want to talk about. <laughs> um, but I just want to go back dial it back a few paces and just really make sure that i express my gratitude that y'all accept that we've gotten so mm-hmm. much feedback on just the just that 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 point in itself like making like thanking us for for holding the space so um we are here to hold yeah. that space for you space held space held um it does take 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 bravery to to cross into territories that have been uncharted regarding our experiences and they even like dig up things and talk about things that we don't want to dig up and talk about in our own life and um i think it's only fitting that we kind of move into to that space to that 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 topic that central theme of bravery um for those of you who may not have um listened to episode one and are just joining us here on episode two (laughs) um this is the real boy podcast and you know it is modeled or um, inspired rather inspired by my favorite disney movie which is pinocchio Mm -hmm. and which um pinocchio the wooden doll is on a journey to becoming a real boy Mm -hmm. and you know the blue fairy comes and says you must prove yourself um brave truthful and unselfish and then one day you become mm-hmm. a real boy and i think today um it's kind of impressed upon our hearts to talk about bravery mm-hmm. um and what that looks like in the space of, of being a black man um i just want to preface that i don't want to spend too much time talking about mm-hmm. about about this this main event 
and in society because that's not a main event. This is a side. This is a a side event. Side event. <laughs> it's not a main event. At least not for me. Yeah, I um even you know preparing to talk about this, I started to look up um some some you know factoids and facts to make sure that I was accurate in my discussion about this. But I realized I'm not even going to give too much time to this clown. Mm -hmm. Um, Crybaby ad beer. <laughs> you know, today we received the the verdict for the Kyle Rittenhouse trial, and mm -hmm. you know, it just mm -hmm. it just dredged up all kinds of um of thoughts and all kinds of um relevant experience. And it's interesting because you know, um, next week I'll be wrapping up a, a very small legal matter <laughs> that has dragged out since. <laughs> March of 2021, so eight months we've been going through this. I had my final court date back in October, and that was um, a story in itself. Um, but yeah, today just kind of put me back in that space. Um, I didn't give too much mind space to it because, again, like I have to kind of look out for like where my head space is and, and my emotional space and make sure that I'm not overtaken by by emotion of, of the same old, same old yeah. thing, you know? Um, but yeah, let's, let's, let's talk about bravery. We're going to talk about, um, I guess kind of like bravery in a place that does not even like support you. <laughs> bravery in a place that doesn't even support you. Bravery where we should not have to be, be brave, brave, right? Yeah. We should just be able to be cordial secure. or friendly. We yeah. should feel secure yeah. when we come into, 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 into contact with this institution, but yet we have to enact bravery in order to, to have that and i think that's weird <laughs> yeah. yeah tell me like what are some of the things that like kind of some of the thoughts that came up for you well you know like when i was getting ready for for this episode i thought about uh, I, the movie came to mind and um i just remember the first time you know when he was when he got uh led astray by um by Stromboli, or no, no, you talking about the little fox dude? Yeah. They sold him. They sold him to Stromboli. Yeah, and you know he's making money and performing, but Stromboli has something else in mind. Like Stromboli, mm -hmm. you know, is a um, marionette, and he has this show, and he um, buys Pinocchio from these two charlatans, and um, after the show, he thinks he's going to go back home to Geppetto. Mm -hmm. But he ends up getting locked in the cage, and he's like, "You're gonna make me lots and lots of money, lots and lots of money." And then when you're when you're old, I chop you into firewood. Mm -hmm. And um, you know, of course, that scares a wooden doll. Yeah. Um, and just the the that was the first instance that that was actually supposed to be a lesson in honesty for him. Mm -hmm. You know, we'll go into that another time. But I I believe that it was his first instance and bravery because just what it took to to get out to get out of there and get back on the right mm -hmm. track how did he i can't remember because he like because uh because jiminy cricket came and like right. let him out well jiminy cricket um eventually well at first was like nah, i'm done he gave up on him like uh -huh. right then and there yeah, um, yeah, I remember he was. Well, he wasn't even gave up. He was like, "Well, I guess he's okay. He's right. a big star now. He yeah. doesn't need me, my right. his conscience anymore." Right. I thought that was hey. kind of interesting. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, he's a big star now. He's good." <laughs> um, 
but then the blue fairy came mm-hmm. and you know asked him what happened and he started lying. Oh yeah, and yeah, because that's, that's, that's when he that's when started that's to real. But um, oh, because yeah, because Jiminy couldn't even get him out, mm-hmm. and he like started lying because the blue fairy asked him like, "Well, what happened?" and he lied about what happened. That's right, I forgot about that. Yeah, but you know, it does. Um, even if you tell a lie at first, it does take some bravery yeah, to tell the truth. Yeah. To to go back and like you know what that wasn't yeah, what happened. What happened? Mm-hmm. This is actually what happened. Yeah. You know, I think we've been we we've, we've been in those situations before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah, I think that, you know, thinking about this situation and just how it played out, like to and you know, I'm 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 gonna be real with you. I've been I was following the trial, um, because litigation and legal matters is something that interests me. Um I saw it I saw it turning out this way. Like I definitely saw it turning out this way. Um the prosecution was terrible. I think I personally believe that it was thrown on purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, because it was like, are you even a are you even a lawyer? Like I was mm-hmm. I remember watching some of the the um examination and even cross-examination um from the prosecution. I'm like, are you even an attorney? Like, do you even have a license? Um, because this doesn't even look this doesn't even look real. Like it looks very much like smoke and mirrors and very much looks like a farce. So when you know the 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 notice of of acquittal came, it, it, it just, it didn't surprise me at all. And not because, um, you know, it's very obvious that we live in a, a country where there, there is, there are two different Americas, um, for two different groups of people. It's because it was just sloppy. It was sloppy litigation. It was just, mm-hmm. it was awful. It was just awful, awful practice of law. Um, yeah, the thing is I didn't watch any of it. I, I don't watch cases, I, I will listen out for the verdicts and I'll kind of like keep my ear and just see what people are saying about things. Um, I did not watch it all. I was, I was surprised that he was like completely set, like with no, no charge whatsoever. That shit a little wild to me just because it's like, it's like, no, you obviously did something wrong. You were obviously like, you were part of like you were you were doing things you were not cleared or certified to do you lie i don't know if he lied about his age to the cops and stuff like that but it's like you're holding a gun you're not of legal age to hold like you're you're in a whole other state and then you end up killing two people like that's not i don't know but but also what i'll say i did not watch the case so i don't i don't like i don't know anything but i just feel like you shouldn't be completely acquitted with no know nothing um and i just i do like i don't know i i just i don't pay attention to stuff like that too much because i'm like that's somebody else's job to do like i'm not i'm not a lawyer um i used to think i wanted to be a lawyer but it's like i'm not a lawyer i don't really involve myself in legal stuff too much um but that shit was that was that was kind of wild to see today um yeah. Have you ever like had, you know, because really what this centered around was um a young man thinking that he was the police. <laughs> That's really what well have I was, you had like, my bad. When I was like when the video that I saw, it's like by the time he started shooting people, he was obviously like outside of his depth <laughs> and like kind of operating in such a way was where it, it was a video? 
Yeah, there's a video. Yeah, I refuse to watch <laughs> any sort of like footage of people being gunned down. Like I can't I can't look at that. Like I've never looked at any of that stuff. Yeah, like he was obviously outside of his depth where it was like like the thing is, like, the cops, because he started shooting, and, like, he was shooting. I will say he was shooting because he was afraid. It was very obvious he was shooting because he was afraid. But it's like, but the people that you're afraid of, they were afraid of you first. Because <laughs> even some of the people that he shot, like, he shot them after he already started shooting. And so it was like, well, they're trying to protect themselves and the people around them. And now you're shooting them, like... And then he walked right past the cops. Like the cops responded to the shooting, and then he like point like I, I might be speaking. I just remember him walking right past the cops. I feel like he pointed down to some area, like because they were looking where the shooting was coming from. But yeah, he yeah he was trying to think he was a cop. He 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 was, but I do think by the time he was like shooting people, it was like. He he was just kind of fighting for his life. I'll give him that, but I don't think that should be. It's like, but bro, you've been like extremely irresponsible. Like most every black kid who who like has gun charges or like shoot somebody, it's because they were fucking scared. Like that shit don't matter when they scared, but when this little white boy scared and he want to, I he want to cry. I the only thing I've seen of the trial is him crying, and I'm like with no tears. Yeah, I'm like, well, real or fake? I'm like, well, bruh, you two people are dead. I like, I just got very little. Like, okay, I, my thing is like, I'll maybe not give him life or nothing like that. Like, it's it's obvious that he was outside of his depth to me. You know, like um, he bit off more than he could chew. Yeah, and and it's like, and the thing is, you're what is he, sixteen, seventeen? He was seventeen at the time. He's he's in college now. He's in college now, yeah. he's seventeen. I'm like, obviously, you bit off more than you chew. But you killed two people. Like that was that was the consequence of you biting off my. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> we we giving too much. All right, time. we are giving we, way we too giving, much time to that. We got cut. We got to cut that short. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um. Well, I know we wanted to talk about like bravery because the issue is right. The issue is that um this this young man this young white man mm-hmm. has. The privilege to play police. Mm-hmm. Um, when I come into contact with it, mm-hmm. with any type of situation, I have to be in a position of like deference and submission. Well, I won't even say that. like. I, well, I do think that's what's expected. Yes, that's what's expected. Right now, what I was, what I, the thing is interesting. We're talking about bravery. I do think for a black man in America, bravery always has to be coupled with like. Uh, shrewdness and like because we can't we don't have like so the thing is like even for for this for this this crybaby ass bitch like he was brave enough to go out and stand up for something he believed in my thing is right left I'm for people standing up for what they believe in even if I wholeheartedly fucking disagree with you live your life think how you think and operate in such a way where you're in line with those things so it's like he was brave enough to go out at, at the age of 17 to think like, oh, I'm going to protect the people that I care about. And I'm like, that's cool. Like that in of itself is a good idea, you know, but it's like, but he was outside of his death and he fucked up. <laughs> yeah. And look at all these people coming to his rescue. It's like he was I just trying. They, they raised two million dollars for his legal defense. Mm-hmm. It's like he's just trying. He buys, you know, he's fighting, you know. 
but black men, we don't get that. Like, we want to be brave and we want to stand up for something. Nah, but you gotta like it comes with consequences. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and like not a not a lot of birth, uh, a wide birth for mistakes or 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 you know misunderstanding. Like it's not we don't get that shit. So it's I think our bravery isn't just it's not like for a black man in America, for a black person in America, a minority for that matter, to be brave, especially in in situations with legal matters like the authorities like it's it's much more than just bravery absolutely have you ever been in a situation like that like have you ever been in a situation with the popo not really like i've had i've had like situations but i've never been in a compromising situation like i've I've been disrespected there's one time i was disrespected i was in high school me and my friends were at uh we were at South Lake Mall, and this is when I used to wear really baggy ass clothes, and I had these shorts. These shorts must have been a size forty two. Damn. Yeah, maybe maybe thirty eight. I know they was they was thirty eight or larger. I know that. And like right now, at the age of thirty three, I wear a thirty two, <laughs> and I put on weight. <laughs> and like I I was not I did not weigh more than one forty one forty five thirty eight. That's what I had. And like a long ass shirt, jersey type thing, and my shorts are like almost like probably halfway. And you, and you were probably sagging them too. Hell yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so basically, what happened was I had these big ass shorts and my my shirt hanging down. This dude at Foot Locker or something, I remember it was a store shop. Somehow he thought he thought like, nah, you hiding something like in there. Like these shits just too big. Yeah, he thought like I was stealing and I was hiding God, some shit damn. and like. And the thing is, the nigga literally lifted up my shirt. And, like, my sh- my jaws are showing now. And, like, the nigga lifted up my shirt. And it was a black man, too. But he was, like, he was security or a cop at the store. And, like, he lifted up my shirt and just showed my jaws. And he had already drawn attention. And so now everybody's just looking at my jaws. <laughs> and, like, I was pissed off about that shit. So that was one thing. And then other than that, uh, when I would go to when I would go to Maywood with Broadview, and so I'm originally from Maywood, Illinois. I think I said that suburbs, west west suburbs of Chicago. Um, Broadview is also one of those suburbs. And I was in Broadview with my cousin. And the thing is, but it was a lot of it was a lot of GDs around there. That was like GD territory. Even like some of the dudes I was hanging out with at the time, like How were GDs. You like in a gang in the suburbs. I've never understood that. Well, suburbs up there are very different. <laughs> <laughs> suburbs up there are very different. That's not. That's not. It's not the same. Okay. Um. But like, it was when, like a bunch of GDs I was hanging out with. That was the, the area where my cousin lived was like GD territory. But you, but at the same time, you got to realize these are 14, 15 year old boys. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, they go around beating people up. Maybe somebody might get a knife or a gun every once in a while, but they really afraid to use it. They're not trying to use it. But Back there's. Here. You know, like for real, for real. But yeah. they stealing all the time. They beating people up and all that kind of shit. You know, that's that's really all that was going on. But a cop like stopped us one time, and then we all ran. But it was fun. It was actually fun because we all got away. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like as one time while I ran from a cop, it was like two two cops I think, and like hopping fences and stuff like that. And it was yeah, that's really my only experiences. So I don't I don't have like a negative view of cops. Like, I'd see how they can harass sometimes, but, like, it ain't never really, like, any interaction I have with a cop, I just smile and, like, and I'll speak my mind. 
and I've never really had too much of an issue. Yes. And, that, that's, and I mean, that's, that, 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 that's another issue, yeah. though. That's a whole other issue. I don't know if we're going to, I don't know. If we're so, going. so there's this other time. And the thing is, I will say my, my, a lot of my black brethren, like, well, the, I remember the last time, not the last time, but there was a time in college. I was hanging out with my lawn brothers and we were smoking at one of my lawn brothers' house and we were out in the backyard. Yeah. And the thing is, we were smoking and drinking. And the thing is, when I drink and smoke, especially, I get loud. Yeah, it's that crossfade. Yeah, I get loud. And I'll talk normally, but I'm getting loud. And so we were out in his backyard and I guess I was loud. And so, um, like somebody in the neighborhood called the cops. Literally, we're in this backyard and these are townhouses. So the cop, we're in the backyard. The cop comes around from like down at the end of the townhouses. And this townhouse is kind of in the middle. So the cop has to walk down like maybe seven, eight houses to finally find us. And we're like, oh, y'all are the ones talking so much. And we haven't smoking back there. And mind you, this was 10, 12 years ago. So before we was legal at all. My line brothers were, were like scared. But for me, I was like, we smoked all the weed already. Yeah, I got this little bag in my pocket that has like one or two little things in it or whatever. But this guy has no reason to search us. Like, we're not smoking. You don't see weed on us. Like, we're just talking a little bit loud. It's really just a, hey, be quiet, go inside or whatever. So like, but they were scared. And when I realized like they were scared, so when the cop was asking certain things, like, all I said, he was like, what are y'all doing? I was like, oh, we're talking. <laughs> like, I was chill. And it was just like, oh, we're talking. Like, I, I just know, like, you can't do too much. And I was like, well, we'll go back inside. But they're, like, he starts asking him stuff. And they start acting a little weird. So he's like, well, I need to check y'all. And I'm like, nah. Like, I'm just like, nah, bro. But they're like, yeah, bro, just chill out. Like, And so we literally let him walk with us through the house, out to the front where his car is. And then we're out there. And then he puts us on the curb. And I'm still talking like, bro, why are we doing this? Like, I'm still talking like that. And my friend's like, nigga, chill out, chill out, chill out. I chilled out. And then they found the little bag, like, because my line brother had it, where it had a little bit of, like, weed just, like, shaking it. And he got a ticket for, like, a couple hundred dollars or something like that. I paid half of it. And I was like, but, bro, like, literally, we had just been like, we'll be quiet and we'll go in the house. Like, And I'm not engaging with anything else you got to say. Yeah, but it was what it was. Yeah, like my very first experience with the with the police, um, I was twelve. Mm-hmm. I was twelve years old. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I'm not like right now. Like I'm six two, um, and I am two hundred and <laughs> two hundred fifty plus. Mm-hmm. Um, but anybody who knows me from back then, anyway, you know, I I was Stick. not. I wasn't a big. I wasn't a big guy. I wasn't even a tall guy. Um, at that age, I was still pretty pint sized. Yeah, um, and 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 I've never been in no kind of trouble with nobody ever. Mm-hmm. Nothing ever. Like I've never been about that life, the getting in trouble life. Um, and I'm cool with that. Um, but I remember I was coming home from school. This is the seventh grade. I was twelve. So yeah, it's just like the seventh grade for me. And um, I'm from East Harlem. I know that. Well. Some of y'all know that. <laughs> and um, I was going in my building, um, and I had to get on the elevator. And I remember when I was coming in, I didn't have a key to the door. Um, so I had to, like, they would, like, buzz me in. And I would come in every day, so they would just buzz me in. They buzz everybody in. 
Um, and I remember when I opened the door, came in the lobby, I was getting on the elevators, three elevators. I'm from Schaumburg. It's three elevators. And I got on the first elevator. And I remember when um, I was getting on the elevator, these two dudes like was running. They ran on the elevator. They pushed me out the way to get on the elevator. Mm-hmm. I ain't think anything of it. Got on the elevator. Mind you, I'm 12 years old. 12. And I, was, I, I wasn't, I uh, you know, I've, I've never been a, what do you call it? What do you call that? I, I was never like a, like, I, I wasn't like no thug. No, <laughs> you was never hard. Not like never that. Never tried to play right. hard. I was definitely, all of 12 years old, I was definitely a child. I was definitely a 12-year-old child. Mm. And um, I was just trying to get upstairs and do my homework and watch Pokemon. <laughs> That's what I was trying to do mm-hmm. at, at 12 years old. And um, these two dudes ran on that. They, they were teenagers. They had to have been teenagers. And um, they pushed me out the way. And then um, this is me, little me, little little old me with my, like, big Tommy Hilfiger book mm-hmm. bag with all the books mm-hmm. in it. And um, I get on the elevator and this police officer and get on. They police officers, they were obviously being chased. They run onto the elevator and their guns are immediately out. That was like the first time I ever seen a gun in real life was with the NYPD. And um, they're like, everybody, put your put your fucking hands up. Put your fucking hands up now. And, you know, of course, I put my hands up. And I was eating this, I forget what I was, it was, it was a candy that was blue. It turned my whole mouth blue. So mm-hmm. looking at a little 12-year-old kid, like five foot three, not even a hundred pounds. I was like ninety pounds at the most, with blue candy all over his mouth. And, you got a gun and I got a gun in my face. It's in my face. It's not even in their face. It's in my face. And um, there was somebody else on the on the elevator, a neighbor from the twenty eighth floor that happened to know our family. And um, she was like, "He's with me. He's with me." And then they was like, "Yeah," because he had already grabbed me up at this point and was trying to put the handcuffs on me. And Two things that was like out of order about that. Once I like kind of like got you know myself calmed down because I was shook up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like you didn't even know who you was chasing. Mm-hmm. Like you didn't even realize that you was chasing two people and not three. Mm-hmm. And that though, even if you were chasing a third person, it wasn't a twelve-year-old boy with a book bag. <laughs> like, you know, it's a, <laughs> right. It's some candy. Like you wasn't even doing that. And of course, I was like shook up. I never saw a gun yeah. before in my life. You know. Um, at that point, mm-hmm. and I, I ain't do anything but go to school and go home. Yeah. Like I didn't do anything, um, and I just remember that was my first experience with them. And there were several experiences like that after that, <laughs> before I even became of age. Mm-hmm. So I think that, like you know, you you kind of learn from experience at a at a at a young age. To um, there's a level of like fear that that you have of law enforcement and it doesn't come from a place of respect you know it doesn't come from a place of like now they're here to do a job like you kind of see how they just kind of are positioned they're in position in certain areas to harass the people that live there Mm -hmm. they don't really protect us they don't really serve us they serve people like kyle rittenhouse Mm -hmm. who can carry an ar-15 across illegally across Mm -hmm. state lines and murder (laughs) <laughs> two people mm-hmm. and call it self-defense. Mm-hmm. Um, black men fear the police. White men play the police. White people play the police. 
And um, if you happen to be not a black person, listen to this. This is not to demean you or diminish you. Um, but we're gonna we're gonna call it like it is. We're gonna talk about it like it is. And um, how many instances, documented instances, of non-black people playing law enforcement or playing law enforcement against black people because they know they can weaponize law enforcement as a tool um, to harm black folks. And I, um, mm -hmm. I think that bravery for me, like bravery for Kyle Rittenhouse looks like being able to illegally purchase a gun to cross state lines and, 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 and help out. You know, help out like his um, alibi is that he was going to clean up and 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 whatever it is that he said he was going to do. Um, but you needed an AR-15 to do that. <laughs> you clean it up, clean up, clean up while the sun is up mm -hmm. and then take your take your behind mm -hmm. back across mm -hmm. to Illinois. Um, so I think that. That's really what stuck out to me is that like there's so many instances of of where we're put in situations like i have a at 12 years old i have a gun in my face and i'm expected to like be calm mm -hmm. and and cool and collected and i was maybe mm -hmm. instinctually you know to i was cool and i was calm i mean i cried obviously when after it was all over i remember i cried because i was scared and i'm not afraid of that i'm not afraid to admit that i was scared um because i didn't know what could happen that was 1998 mm -hmm. you know so by that point if I'm not mistaken, um, what's his face? Abner Luima had had his situation. He was shot. Mm -hmm. um, no, he was sodomized by the police. Amadou Diallo was the one who was shot 41 times. 41 times reaching for his wallet after he was asked for identification. Um, so these are things, you know, you don't want to, you don't, you just think, man, you got your gun out, you're going to shoot me. Um so at that point in time, you see a police officer, you see a gun, you see a black man. It's like, you know, like I'm not, I'm a black boy mm -hmm. at this time. So I'm not, I'm not trying to chance anything. Um, but it just didn't make any sense. Like, you know, that was, I was like, my first interaction with a police officer was from a place of fear and not from a place of you're here for, you know, pr my protection. Mm -hmm. You're here for my service. Like, I don't know what you're going to do, <laughs> but I'm expected to be the calm one mm -hmm. while you have a, a weapon pointed at me. You don't even know. You don't even realize that you don't even know. You don't even realize that you're not even looking for me. Mm -hmm. You're just that. You just look at everybody in this community as, as, a, problem. as, as a, a problem, as a threat. And I really believe that that's what that young man believed. Like, mm -hmm. he came to Kenosha and... um in his mind, he's being brave mm -hmm. <laughs> and 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 in in eliminating a, or helping to eliminate a threat. But he got himself into a situation where he but was actually the threat. Um and, and so even what he was experiencing was people protecting themselves. Protecting themselves you. against him. Yeah. You know, the dude that he the first man that he shot threw a plastic bag at him. Mm. <laughs> threw a plastic bag at him. And he got lit up with a semi-automatic weapon. Um, so obviously we live in two different two different countries 
spread there's a double standard for two people and that people are not going to see it that people are not going to understand that people who are listening to this right now who may listen to this and not even mm-hmm. understand no the thing is my thing is they understand but they that's what they think is right <laughs> and that's my that's my thing like uh uh one day we're gonna have a whole episode episode of racism probably because uh-huh. I just think racism in and of itself as a concept, how it's affect, affected history and affects people in in the modern day, once you're living and breathing right now. Like I don't think I don't personally, I just don't think we're very self-aware as a country. Like, we are an immature ass country where we have people where we have a we have a mass amount of people dealing with issues that they barely understand. And then, and at the same time, dealing with those issues from from an emotionally heightened point of view. But that's a whole nother episode. Yeah. That's a whole nother episode. Do we really want to dedicate a whole episode to racism, though? Hell yeah. Well, I do. Okay. <laughs> I do. Because I want to talk about, like, what it actually is. Like, because it's something we deal with every day. Yeah. Like I feel like the yeah. thing is even like and and I'm gonna say, like and, and I this ain't what clear, this episode like, about. I don't I don't mean like we don't need to talk about it. I think yeah. just the thought of, of talking, talking about, about it, it like, yeah. just, just exhausted me. Like in the moment, like just the thought of talking about it was like yo, like god damn. <laughs> like, but it's a real thing, and I like my whole like and this is gonna change the subject a little bit. I'm just gonna say this for a second. Yeah, I might actually even cut it out when I'm editing. <laughs> so. <laughs> I think even in the black community, we get to, we allow, and the thing is, it's some bullshit. Like, it's some bullshit. Like, I understand why people get emotionally charged about racism, but that's exactly what they want you to do. <laughs> they want you to be emotionally, un- they want to get you off your shit. Like, no, nah, nigga, stay, stay planted. This narcissistic ass person coming with these narcissistic ass ideas Stay planted and rooted in who you are. And I think, like, honestly, so Michael Che actually has a new stand-up. And I listened to a little bit of it. Something he said that I love so much. He was like, you know how much somebody has to believe in something to get you to believe it about yourself? (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, yo, that shit's so wild, bro. That shit's like, like, these folks believe in racism so much and like the ideas that they get us to believe it ourselves or at least to the point where we feel we have to deal with their belief and it's like that's a that's a that's why i say racism is a whole nother topic that needs to be talked about that i feel like people don't want to talk about for some reason like they want to i think people just want to accept it and move on and i'm like no Accept it, but this needs to fucking die. <laughs> That's how I feel. Right. Um, and honestly, to kind of even go back on, like, you've had very experiences, very different experiences with police than I've had. Absolutely. Even recently. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, did you want to talk about that a little nah. bit? Nah. Nah. You think nah. we're going too long? <laughs> well, I mean, I feel like I've bemoaned my point. About about police. What I will say though, what I will say is that that officer, I'm gonna see him again. I'm gonna see him in Atlanta with no badge, and um, that's still assault, bro. <laughs> it, like, 
All right. <laughs> I'm just saying it is. It's still a song. All right. You can do it, but like do it and then run. And make sure you don't say who you are. Don't 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 try to make sure you remember. Just do it. Atlanta is not a big city. It's not. For those of you that don't live here, it's not a huge city at all. I'm gonna run I run into people I never thought I was gonna see again. It's not a big city for a New Yorker. <laughs> Man, shut up. For them Yankees. All right. All right, all right, all right. Um, no, nah, I don't. I, that that situation is about to be paid off because mm-hmm. I've been extorted by the city of Atlanta. Mm-hmm. But um, you know that uh, that situation is is behind me. That was mm-hmm. eight months mm-hmm. of anguish, anguish, and um, they finally got what they wanted, mm-hmm. which was which was the money, the money. Mm-hmm. Um. But anyway, yeah, I don't, I don't really want to talk about that. Not because I don't want to share with y'all. It's just, I promise you, it's so it feels it so really insignificant is. It now. Really is. It really um, is. In the grand, but stories. but it was some bullshit. Yeah, it's absolutely. insignificant, but some insignificant bullshit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I, 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 last thing I kind of want to add is I do think the way that you and I have had very different experiences is also a nod to um, classism. Classism, yeah. And also a little bit of colorism, colorism <laughs> possibly. You know, I don't, I don't like, I don't, you know, I don't really like too much to to talk about that because I feel like that's something else that um, is a tool that is implanted in our community to divide us. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is, it, and unfortunately, it is a real thing. Um, and I don't think we posted any pictures on our social media of us just yet. But for mm-hmm. those of you who don't know me. Um, and don't know Torin. Mm-hmm. Torin is is a, is a light skinned black skin, man. man, and I'm obviously a, a beautiful chocolate man. How you say um, obviously, bro? Why am I not obviously a light skinned man? Because I just said you were light skinned. So but obviously, you didn't, hold up, hold up, hold up. Oh, you're saying hold up. okay, okay, right, okay. I right, hear you. I hear you. You're right. saying obviously, right? Because I mentioned that you were okay. light skinned. Obviously, okay. I'm not. Okay. Right. <laughs> I understand that. I just wanted. To, I just wanted to check what about you talking about. Yeah. What you mean? Yeah. So I. I, I do believe that's a part of it as well. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I think even you remember when we got into that situation where old old girl hit your car, I was driving oh, your car, yeah. old girl hit you. Yeah. You know, like it was me behind the wheel, but they wanted to talk to you. Like mm-hmm. you don't remember? I couldn't even say anything. I couldn't even talk about. You were the one that was talking about, and you weren't even driving the car. I was driving. I do the remember car. talking, but I don't. I don't. I don't think I. I don't think I noticed. She, the officer, kept looking at you. And it's like I, yo, sis, I, was, I was behind the wheel of yeah, the car. She was black too, right? Yeah, even the cop was black. <laughs> um, you know, yeah, that white lady just lie her ass off, bro. <laughs> you definitely came in our lane, yeah. So, but, yeah, but it's it's definitely different experiences, and like even on the whole idea of like aiding in the liberation of the experiences of black men, part of that is. We are not a monolith because I think there's a certain there are certain black male experiences that are like lauded, and honestly, I think a lot of times they're the ones with the most struggle and the most. And the thing is, that's great. Like someone who struggled and who's gone through a lot, like they should be honored. But I just I don't like the fact that Richard helps me with vocabulary words all the time. I don't like the fact that those those experiences are emblematic of a black man 
to mm. where if, if a black man does not have those experiences, it's almost as if he is less black or less less of a Ooh. black man. And it's like, uh, no, like I don't have these experiences, you know, so I have a different. So and I'll say this, I have a different viewpoint of police, not that. But the thing is, at the same time, that does not for me, it does not discount the experiences I hear hear from my brothers and sisters. Like, it's just, nah, but that's not my viewpoint. And I think I'm allowed to have my viewpoint on police. And, but I also am very aware that, like, possibly my skin color and, like, even just the way I was taught to deal with certain situations might aid me in navigating those in such a way just, like, that doesn't allow me so much trouble. Um, But I don't necessarily think that's right. It just is, like someone who grows up in a different situation or with darker skin, like should get the same amount of respect that I do. Um, and that just doesn't make no fucking sense, but it's the world we live in and that doesn't make it okay, but it makes it real. Hey. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we've been talking for a long time. I think, um, I think as we come to a close, I think that it's, you know, I, it, I hate that bravery for us looks a lot different mm-hmm. than than bravery for the majority, of, the, majority of our countrymen. Right. You know, bravery for us often comes, you know, hand it often comes hand in hand with some sort of struggle or conflict, confrontation. Or a situation where we're expected to, to be better than other people who are not expected to be anything at all. Um, like we have to carry the the weight of, of our stigma mm-hmm. and rise above it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like we're not allowed to just place that burden where it is and then just be great. Mm-hmm. Being great. Because yeah. we are. Um, we mm-hmm. have to like acknowledge that we're great and that we have all of this baggage, historical mm-hmm. baggage, emotional baggage, traumatic baggage, um, to be great as well. Mm-hmm. And I think that's whack. <laughs> All right, Black man. So as we bring this to a close, I would like to open this up to y'all. Feel free to engage with us. Yeah, I, I'd like to hear from y'all. Um, what I, I want to hear y'all stories. I want to hear stories of, of bravery in the face of bravery when you're dealing with the boys. You know, um, the boys being mm-hmm. the popo, the police. Twelve, as I like to call them, the port patrol. The port um, patrol, damn. <laughs> um, no, and 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 I'm. It's, it's weird because I know a lot of great officers of law enforcement mm-hmm. that do what they're supposed to do and then mm-hmm. go home. So, but unfortunately, like you know, um. But I would love to hear about your experiences of bravery, um, and what that means to you. What you think about it? What 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 you what you think it means when it comes to mind when you hear that word? Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, we're talking about it in a very specific sense today. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, I mean, you can be brave in any in any way, anyway, any arena. But um, as it pertains to today's topic, I would I would love to hear your stories um, and see what that's like for y'all, um, for for us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, again. You know, we thank you for for yeah. for existing in this space with us, um, for existing in the space that we've held specifically for you, um, and for those who are kind of 
spectating this this is in a way for y'all too and um again if 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 the spirit moves you that you can communicate with us directly mm-hmm. you, you can follow us at the real boy podcast at the real boy podcast on instagram and then mm-hmm. you know for those of y'all who um connect with me on social media my personal social media is the melanin sun mm-hmm. but i would prefer if for matters regarding the podcast if you communicate with the podcast instagram mm-hmm. all right so thank y'all for joining us mm-hmm. for episode two i think why you know we have a whole bunch of things that we want to talk about and i wasn't expecting to talk about this on our second episode i'm be honest with y'all but it just felt right um it felt right so thank y'all for listening uh-huh and we will see you all next week next um, week you know, feel free, you know, to leave us reviews and comments on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Um, we got some, uh, some good uh, voice notes on Anchor. I was very excited about that. But we love to hear what y'all think about what we're doing and, and, and how it is um, serving you. And, uh, so next time, we out. Hey, hey, hey. You clicked the wrong.